0: Four O'Clock Football Frenzy. why
1: you me so hard down there?
0: Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The Four O'Clock Football Frenzy on Cofield and Company. 0-5. Oh
2: 0-5. Oh Harbaugh. Jim. Harbaugh against Ohio State.
1: How much do we factor that into this game? None. None. I don't think, I think when it comes to a rivalry, I just think, I think you have to look past it because at any given time, anything can happen. And I think that Michigan, I think that Jim Harbaugh has done a a great job with this particular squad. And I am not... A major believer in Ohio State. What? No. What do you mean you're not a major believer? What does that mean? I I just think that Michigan is a better team this year, and I think they're that, better yeah. than Ohio State, really. Yeah, and I think that I think that I think that Harbaugh gets over the hump this season with this particular game, and he puts puts their uh, football playoff hopes in jeopardy.
2: I'm not buying it. Uh, I think Ryan Day is a better coach than Harbaugh. And the biggest thing, you know, if Harbaugh had more talent, especially at the most important position quarterback, then I would give him a chance in these games. But he still hasn't recruited a quarterback, at least not one that, you know, is out there all the time. Cade McNamara is kind of average. And on the other side, look at the improvement. Right? Look at the improvement by Ohio State, not only on defense, but also at the quarterback position. That's the edge and the coaching edge. So am I going to lay nine and a half like it is at some books? No.
1: When you consider what you are saying in terms of the talent level and the job that they're doing, I that's why I, I mean I, I like the defense that that Michigan is putting on the on the field. Mm-hmm. I, I know that it had a tough one with Michigan State. Um, since then, it's allowed what seven, seventeen, and eighteen points in Penn State. Couple of road wins. Um, it's only lost one on the road. And that was at Michigan State. So, I don't know. I I I'm just a and it and it could be personal, just because in in this particular matchup and in general, I am not an Ohio State backer, so that could be part of it. But I just don't think that uh, I don't know the the wins, the Tulsas, the Akron's, the Rutgers, the Maryland. I just don't. I look at I look at the complexion of the the games that Ohio State won, dominated, um, you know, in major fashion, and. It's ho hum to me. I just don't. Uh, I want to. I, I'm. I'm. And I'm not. It's been a couple of years since I've really been interested in this matchup. You know, it I just kind of. It always comes up about Harbaugh and hasn't won yet, and this and that. But I am this year. I'm. I'm. I'm somewhat in tune with it this year. I think that he's done a better job. And like you said, you know, if he had better talent, maybe. But that that said, as well as they're doing in. You know, I think that that's even more impressive. Are
2: we down with NFL Saturday football for the Raiders on twelve eighteen?
1: Yeah. What is now? What's they they flex them over, and I'm wondering is that I mean is that a good thing or is I can't tell if that's a good thing or a bad thing. To be honest with you, I mean. The Raiders and Browns, the Patriots and Colts. I understand the Patriots and Colts. Do, do the, does the, is the NFL buying into maybe that by December eighteenth the Raiders are going to be back in the race and they're going to draw ratings?
2: Oh, I think they just assume that both teams will be pretty close and it's a big game. I mean, it could be an elimination game in essence.
1: It could be for a wild card, I suppose. I mean, I mean, it puts them in the spotlight. It doesn't affect me any because I won't be going to Cleveland. I mean, if it, you know, I don't have to change my calendar. I, I what have we got? Uh, four home, four more home games, three more home games. So. Um, but yeah, I mean it puts puts the Raiders back on the on, on the on the national broadcast schedule on the NFL network. So I mean I'm not down for it. I'm not I'm not down on it. I mean it's just I just was I was curious about that move just because everything that this team has gone through and then all of a sudden they've lost three in a row and it's like, whoa, maybe maybe the league itself believes in them. So
2: Well, it's a weird feeling around the Raiders. They're five and five, ten games into the season, and <laughs> they've got seven games left, and it just feels like everyone uh, is off whatever bandwagon there was. And now we're starting to talk draft and fixing past drafts. I mean, we're already there, yeah. already talking about makeovers.
1: Yeah, I saw I saw that article. I sent it over. it's, it's it is funny that at this point in time we're t- you know. Um, ed wrote a column you know well, next time they gotta here's what they gotta do they gotta clean house other people are talking about. you know who should they do it now it's everybody's already looking past the seven games everybody's already talking about the offseason everybody's already talking about who needs to be the next this and who's gone clean house yeah this story is uh, raiders must focus on fixing the 2020 draft
2: disaster so i guess what going out and getting a young cornerback and a receiver
1: well the thing here's the thing the funny thing about in my opinion that the about that headline, Raiders' makeover must focus on fixing 2020 draft disaster. That's obvious. I mean, that that could be talked about for the next two three years. I mean, hey, you could you could focus on fixing the last
2: three drafts, first round picks,
1: in a sense, right?
2: So right. I mean, they've they've come up with so little in terms of top level players. Yeah, they're gonna have to freaking draft their asses off to. Not have a complete rebuild. They got to really freaking nail it in this draft.
1: Talk about a contradictory topic, right? So we just talked about well, they flex them to Saturday and to spotlight them because maybe they think that they're by that point they'll still be in it. It could be an elimination game for a wild card, and then we got an article already looking to next April for the draft.
2: Which honestly, I think is is stupid. It's good clickbait. People love the draft, but let's see what happens tomorrow because I don't think they're going to get blown off the field by the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys have. Plenty of their own issues. Like they ain't playing grand football right now. And now we've got this, I'm sure, in the locker room, uh, Mari Cooper, it's okay. Like most people are cool with it, but I bet you there's some frustrated folks. We know Jerry Jones is because he spoke out against Mari Cooper yesterday. So,
1: like, the Cowboys are not some unbeatable juggernaut. They're just not. They're not. But if they were coming here, if this wasn't Thanksgiving, if it wasn't Dallas, if it wasn't this, you know, the tradition you think it's better to be at home on Thanksgiving for a football team or on the road. Uh I would think it's probably better to be home. I know what you're I know where you're For the going. Raiders? Well, not for the I think the Raiders you I'm know saying the, in this situation yeah. I think it's
2: a, escaping town is probably a good thing. Like no yeah. jerking around, you got to be hyper focused well, you're, you're you're in a losing streak here. Everyone thinks you're going to get blown out by the Cowboys, you know? Let's let's go and get it together and play like we were at the beginning of the season. Cowboys are not unbeatable.
1: Well, not only that, but Not only that at the beginning of the season, but, you know, right after the uh, right after the what was it? The uh, was it the email, the emails or was it rugs when they went to Denver? Right. To get out of town. So I get that. I understand it. But I mean, in this situation, it's 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 not a matter of it's it's at Dallas. And and it's it's a team that, you know, before it got beat by Kansas City, um, we were still talking about this team like it was. People were saying, is this the best team in the league? So I mean, one guy, yes, the situation, yes, but at this point when COVID comes up, it's not an outbreak, and when it when it comes up, it's like, oh, here we, you know, I it's frustrating people, but they got it just like the Raiders had to look past their issues. They had bigger issues than COVID, and they had COVID issues and everything that took place. Mm-hmm. Um you, when it comes down to it with coaching and an overall talent in how the team is playing. I think that if you're going to look at one of the two teams that's going to rebound from their off-field issues, I'm leaning toward Dallas. Is there, Are the Raiders going to go in there focused and, and look into bounce back? Of course they are. I mean, that whole, well, they're, you know, they're not going to be focused. They're not going to be concentrating on the game. Of course they're going to want to go in there and win. I always crack up when people say, well, well they didn't the other team wanted to win more than the other. I think every team wants to win. I just think that Dallas is in a better position and this all situations considered Cowboys are the team.
2: Three, six, four, 1100 Caller seven, three, six, four, one, one, zero, zero. Let's give away a $50 gift card here, courtesy of silver sevens. What that qualifies you for is our grand prize giveaway. They're opening up uh, rebranding one of their bars. It's going to be the Bud Light bar. That's where we do our broadcast from uh, each and every Thursday, not tomorrow, but uh, rest of the Thursdays for 2021. They're reopening the bar with a big party on December 2nd. So, Right now, three six four eleven hundred gets you the gift card, and then the grand prize on the second. You get tickets to the Raiders finale against the Chargers. You also get another two hundred bucks in spending money. It's all courtesy of Silver Seven. You call right now. Ari can hook you up. Three six
0: four eleven hundred. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune up today by calling
2: 577-2600. Well, you know, I don't really know. We'll be traveling and, and uh, I just look forward to playing a good football game and eat a crustable on the plane on the way home. <laughs> yeah. So.
0: Hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. It's Cofield and Company.
2: All right, let's talk some Raiders. Let's talk some UNLV. Willie's here. It's Cofield, Battleborne Injury Lawyer Studios. Caleb Herring is up the former UNLV quarterback, radio analyst for UNLV football. Caleb, before we look ahead to Air Force, real quick. Uh, Of all the games this year that the Rebels have lost, the close games, I don't know why, and Willie knows this because I I saw him in the press box afterwards. I'm not sure why the loss against San Diego State annoyed me the most, but it did.
3: That's interesting. I I mean, I I feel that sentiment. I get it. And I I can't say that I'm I'm too different than you. I I think it was – Every other game, every close game this year outside of the Utah State and, and San Jose State, every other game where the Rebels were in it late against a, a high-quality opponent, a, let's say top 25 opponent, which they were a couple times this year, it was almost unexpected that they were even in the game. And that's that's just being honest about it, um, especially with you know the case of Arizona State. Um, but this San Diego State team, and I said this before the game, uh, like the week before, like right after – um, the win against Hawaii, that the San Diego State game was a winnable matchup, and that I liked the way it matched up. So I wasn't surprised to find them, you know, in the game or down one point in the fourth quarter. And it just seemed like with the way the defense was playing, especially in the fourth quarter, the beginning of the fourth quarter, into the third quarter area, where they were just putting up three and outs, and the offense just couldn't find the the way to to regain the lead or to capture the lead. It got frustrating, you know. It was like we should we should be you know able to get over this hump and. Why not get the third win in a row right now? That would have been big for the program, big for the season. Um, so, yeah, I get that. that. That feeling does make sense. It's not It's not like it's new that they were close and didn't come up with the win at the end. But for some reason, that San Diego State game just felt a little different. And I, I felt a little more disappointed with that loss than the others against ranked opponents.
1: I think from my standpoint, the, the reason that one is most annoying is because I believe that at this point in the season, you'd expect it to know better. Eastern Washington, right? They're, they're in that, and, then, and they, they sort of let that slip away. Arizona State, they, they lose by 27, but they were there. But, again, and there was that three straight games of playing ranked opponents. They were right there against Fresno at San Antonio. You mentioned Utah State, San Jose State. At some point, you're sitting there, man, they're about to do it. They're about to do it. They're about to do it. They get blasted by Nevada. Then they pull off two straight wins. And you're thinking, okay, they figured out how to finish a game. They figured out how to close. So I think that's why this one is the most annoying is because they got past those close losses. They figured out how to close with the win. They have San Diego State on the ropes, and then they go back to blowing it. That's, I think, what makes it most annoying.
3: And I think you know, give credit to San Diego State. I think their defense played outstanding in the in the second half, and more I think, <laughs> impactfully, which is crazy. They have a, a punter who's probably going to get drafted one of the highest punters or kickers ever. Like the way he was pinning the ball inside the ten yard line. I, I know, Ariza, he's he's a talented leg. And I so the Rebels were fighting an uphill battles during the game. So credit to San Diego State for the things they did to kind of hold UNLV off down the stretch. But yeah, you're. I think honestly. it – even if, as unfair as it is to say, because New Mexico and Hawaii are not as good of teams as as San Diego State, but as unfair as it is to say, it felt like the game was a step back. And this is from a perspective uh, of, of from a viewer, from just somebody who's watching the game. It felt like a step back because of the two prior weeks. But in that same sense, you have to leave room for the fact that Cameron Friel walked off with injury, and you know nobody knew that Justin Rogers would be you know the catalyst for a comeback in that game and and that the team's ability to overcome situations like that you have to admire those kind of things but yeah at the overall sentiment at the end of it was like wow that that should have been a win and it it, it it's one of those wins that you don't want to say at the end of the year that you missed out on especially with like you said trying to seize on some momentum late in the season I mean that would have been really big to knock off a top 25 opponent to finish the season off but uh, slip through the fingers and, and the guys are gonna have to have to live with that I guess for another week.
2: Talk about the challenges of playing around Thanksgiving.
3: It stinks. And this is just honest. <laughs> but it's it's a it's a part of, you know, the business. The business of football. Football season's wrapped around some major holidays, especially if you're getting to the next level, if you're playing, you know, in bowl games into the postseason in college. You're gonna be playing around the holiday season. And the thing that's tough about it for college kids especially is this is the first time in their lives that they're spending these kinds of holidays without their family members, right? This is a time where you're usually at home, your mom's cooking you a nice meal. Um, if you're a freshman, like I said, this is your first time not experiencing that or being away from home um, for, for these type of things. And um, there's something that you miss about that. It's human nature to want to be where your family is and want to celebrate these things that you've been accustomed through your whole life with family. And, um, so I think it's important. It's incumbent upon teams to to recognize that and leave room for that, for that personal uh, journey, that personal, uh, um, I guess, dilemma that you have of wanting to be with your family, but at the same time wanting to to do what's right and play for your team. So um, most teams I know do something special for Thanksgiving, where there's a different you know meal or inviting the players over to the coach's house for a meal. Um, unfortunately, the Rebels are going to be traveling this year, so that throws another wrench in. We'll, we'll be Ten thousand miles in the air, <laughs> flying a flying out to Colorado while everybody else is chowing down on turkey. So I mean, there's there's all kinds of things about it that suck, but um, it's also a good thing. It's a fun time to to kind of rally around and build that family with your your new teammates and and build a uh, build those kind of traditions and 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 bonds with the teammates now and start calling them your Thanksgiving family. That's something that you develop as you as you experience those Thanksgiving games. But it's also special to play. Um, During the holidays, everybody's tuned in and watching football on Thanksgiving. So hopefully the, the team's put on a good show.
2: Yeah, Friday game, 1230 our time noon with the pregame right here on ESPN Las Vegas. And the tall task of going against a good Air Force team that on the season has 3588 rushing yards. That's what they do. There's no mystery. They just do it. I know you'll talk about eye candy during the game and right now. Um, what did you see from the rebel defense against the, they're not a good New Mexico team, but they run the option. I thought the rebels got better in the second half in that game. What can they apply from the Lobo game to this game?
3: It's the fact that they got to see it against New Mexico is is huge. And I think watching them perform, you kind of saw the tail two halves or the first half. You can see the triple option was slowing them down defensively. and they were having a hard time getting their eyes right, like you said, and and really understanding the assignment that that the triple option brings. Um, so, and, and, and even a a New Mexico team that's struggling, that's not nearly as good or efficient at the triple option can still find success. And that's kind of showing you how scary that offense can be. If you're not, if you're not honed in on it. So that experience, I think, um, especially talking about the second half and how they were able to actually adjust and settle into it and get some better eye discipline, make some better plays against those triple options. It it definitely shows that they've seen it before. They understand it. Um, this game is still going to be hard to simulate the speed that air force, um, runs this triple option at the efficiency the persistence how they're not going to stop running it I mean it's just about every play that they run is going to be the triple option so if you show any kind of weakness any kind of vulnerability or lack of discipline against it this team will exploit it um and like you said the amount of yards that they're able to produce season in and season out that I mean that's inching up on Charles Williams career record for for rushing yards is what they've done this season on the ground and that's I mean that's you're going to get a heavy dose of it. And fortunately for the Rebels, it's the last game of the season. There's usually some nicks and bruises that come with playing this team. Um, so the Rebels will have an, a whole offseason to recover from it health-wise. But um, they're going to have to be focused, locked in and focused. Eye discipline is going to be a must. Um, they're going to have to play a lot faster against Air Force than they did against, did against New Mexico. They're going to try to have a hope of winning this one.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, is I mean, you, you mentioned the, the disparity between how much Air Force rushes versus passes. But when you look at the makeup of of UNLV's rushing defense, it really has been one of the more impressive. I know they've had some games where they've allowed some big yardage, but there's been five games where they've allowed less than triple figures on the ground, um, Eastern Washington against Fresno State there, at Nevada, uh, Hawaii, and San Diego State. So and the experience, like you said, that they got from New Mexico, if they can shut some one angle down against Air Force and really hone in um, and coming off the way that they, you know, a disappointing loss for San Diego State. I mean, I I, I tend to lean a little bit toward giving UNLV the benefit of the doubt that it'll be prepared uh, because of that experience uh, in, in having to face this this type of offense. But with what the makeup of this, you know, the completion of that rushing defense has done thus far.
3: Yeah, and I, that was part of the reason that I felt that they matched up well against San Diego State. And like you said, they were able to hold them under 100 yards rushing in that game, which they have a, a consistent and usually persistent rushing attack as well. But the Rebels were stymieing that and for much of that game. So there, there is a strength of the UNLV defense. I think it's definitely the front seven against the run. Now, against Air Force, it's different because there's so many different options. I think priorities, you have to say, we're not going to let the dive beat us. We're not going to let the quarterback run beat us. We're going to make them pitch it or use misdirection to beat us. Because in those instances, like when, you, when you're when you getting all the way to the pitch man in the triple option, the rest of the defense has time to rally. And that's what you have to have against the triple option is, is pursuit. You have to have relentless pursuit. Um, if you're giving up the dive the first man through, he's breaking off five, six yards, you have no hope. Um, so I think, yeah, you're right. The UNLV defense is built in the interior to stop the dive, um, and and to stop traditional runs. They've done a good job of it in spurts this season. It hasn't been a consistent run-stopping defense, I'd say, but it's definitely been the most consistent aspect of their defense. So um, it is one of those games that lines up, hey, on paper, and what you guys have done good all season, and when you're at your best, this is a good matchup again. They like to run it. You like to play against the run. So we'll see which one wins in this matchup. And as you said at the top, with San Diego State, um,
1: their defense, you know, shut UNLV down the second half and, and that was trouble. The other advantage I think UNLV could find themselves or be advantageous if they if they can take advantage is that Air Force's passing defense has been skeptic all you know skeptical all season. Um from what I can see they're 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 not necessarily uh you know I, I think that what what we saw, and I don't know who's going to end up playing. You you've been out there a little bit more than uh, than obviously I have. I don't know what they're uh who who who's who's is is it Cam or Justin? I, Do we know? I think,
2: I think it's more likely than not that Rodgers gets a good amount of time. I don't know the latest update on Freel, Uh but you know Cameron Friel's bounced back from what looked like
1: some really bad injuries. So I think you you probably see both of them. But keep going. Air Force's defense overall has been good. I I know that they have a top top rated defense, but the area where they have struggled more than than uh, than they, than succeed is the passing defense. And if UNLV can move the chains and wear down Air Force's defense and keep its defense off the field to stay rested, um, I think it would be uh, with what I saw from Rogers last week. I was impressed because you know with what we saw earlier in the season, it was a completely different quarterback, and he came in with a, played with a lot of confidence. Through with a lot of confidence, um, he's obviously not as mobile as as Cam, but I I just think that if he can move the ball well against and 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 if Marcus can has a package to go against Air Force's defense to expose the weaknesses where it's at. I mean I know they rank sixth in the nation in allowing 294 yards, but that strength is 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 a lot up front with the rushing defense. Not not doesn't help Charles Williams, but if they can move the move the change with the passing game um and keep the defense off the field to stay rested you know UNLV might have a shot here to
3: again be in a, be, find itself in a game it's just got to find a way to finish yeah and i think this is the reason that air force's defense maybe statistically and by the numbers may represent well i guess in the yards they give up is has a lot to do with the fact that their system of play their style of play dictates that their offense is going to have the ball. <laughs> they're going to have the ball for most of the games. Like, they run the ball, and when they possess the ball, the clock does not stop. So they're going to possess the ball for most of the game. So even if you have a high-powered offense, if your offense is has all the potential to be good, you're just not going to have as many opportunities, as many possessions per ball game when you're playing against Air Force. And most teams aren't accustomed to that fact. And you don't even realize that it's happening, but the game's ticking away, and you find yourself as an offense sitting on the sideline more than you're on the field. Um, so yeah, it's important for the offense not only to move the ball, but to control possessions. If you have opportunities to go for it on fourth and short, for instance, you might see, you know, UNLV trying to keep those possessions alive more than they, they would before. Um, so I think it is important, but I think one of the things you can't get too enamored with is trying to throw against a team, um, because Air Force traditionally, and this is just a factor of, of what they are as a school, the cadets usually have to maintain a certain weight. And this is something that's kind of an inside secret. Um, to be able to do the physical and demanding things that they do as service members or, or, or future service members, um, they are lighter in the pants usually. So usually you can control the line of scrimmage a lot better against Air Force than you would against other teams. So look for Charles Williams also to get on track as well as the pass game to maybe have some success against a, a, the weaker pass defensive Air Force. But I, like I said before, it's a good matchup. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see if the guys are going to play with the same fire that they did all season long, being the last game of the season on Thanksgiving weekend, um, those kind of things. Maybe if they check out a little bit on the season, who knows? We don't know. They're teenage kids and young adults, so that always is a a hurdle to cross. I hope they play, and I hope they give their best effort, and um, hopefully they come out on top and and finish the season with a win. that would be big for this program.
2: All right, Caleb. Good spot. We'll see you on the trip, okay? All right, guys. Take care. There he is. Caleb Herring. Broadcast noon is when it starts on Friday. By the way, Marcus Arroyo radio show tonight, uh, shortened edition, just 30 minutes. It'll be on uh, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM because uh, here on ESPN Las Vegas, we've got the running Rebels tipping off at 6 o'clock against Whittier.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. <laughs> You're live with the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. I don't care if the sun don't shine. I do my drinking in
2: the evening time when I'm in Las Vegas. What do you think the airport's going to be like today?
1: Don't know. Don't care. I was getting alerts earlier. I was
2: getting alerts earlier about uh, parking lots being closed, economy
1: lots being closed. That's a nightmare. I will be at home with the puppy, watching watching uh, as much sports. You know, we were just talking, man. Lots of basketball here in town. We had the Maui. To Vegas Invitational mm-hmm. closed up today. Yep. Wisconsin took the title. Yep.
2: Rallied. We just had uh, Gonzaga and UCLA play. UCLA is back against UNLV on Saturday. Gonzaga and Duke play here
1: on Friday. I'll be there. You'll be. You're going to that one. I'm covering Gonzaga Duke Saturday. I'll be at the Golden Knights. I, w- I won't be able to see UNLV UCLA, but uh, from what I saw the other night against Bellarmine and with, with Gonzaga did. And them having to hang around, I don't know if UCLA is going. Here's the thing, that's tough. Think about that. You get, you have Bellarmine played them tough. Gonzaga runs you into the court. Mm-hmm. Do you go home? Yes. I and now you, and sure. then you I travel know. back, I mean, I, or it's, it's do LA, you stay here? I know it's yeah. not far, but it's still a lot yeah. because you, you want to go do the holiday, don't you? Okay, so so think about it. You get drugged by the number one team in the nation. Then you go home, you enjoy the holiday. Now you got to come back and you play a hungry UNLV team. Don't discount the running rebels. Kevin Krugel had the, them troops ready to go. But he was, uh, uh,
2: he was fired up. I can't keep my day straight, but he was fired up at practice yesterday, which is funny because uh, <laughs> he and his wife had a child the night before. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Wow. So I think you might have been a little fired up because he might have been a little cranky from not getting a whole lot of sleep. Sure. Like like we think we're busy. Mm. Hey, I had a kid. I got to to practice thing? next morning. Let's go. Yeah. But he.
1: Um, well, the kid be. He was.
2: Uh, I'll just say. He was on edge. Um, I think I liked what I heard from this standpoint, and I told you this at the beginning of the week. What I don't like to hear around uh, both of these major programs for UNLV, football's got different expectations than basketball, but this the moral victory stuff, and I'm not saying the coaches say that, but I'm seeing the fans are like, yeah, hey, good job, good effort. Like, right. now, nah, this basketball team's good enough that they can compete at the highest level and win these games, and they won against slightly lesser opponents the first three times out. They should have beaten Wichita. And, frankly, if they had executed a couple of plays down the stretch – they could have beat Michigan, but like I don't want to hear. Frankly, Michigan, Michigan's a work in progress. You watch Michigan the next day. I was sitting there watching Michigan against Arizona, and Arizona just smacked them around. Yeah. So there's no unbeatable team out there. Now UCLA is going to be tough, and you're going to get a fired up UCLA team. So the Rebels are going to have to play a really good game. They're, obviously, they're going to have to play well defensively, and if they shoot the three ball, that that was the worst part about the Wichita game is they shot nine and nineteen from three, but they stopped defending from three against the the uh,
1: ATN kid, and he got them yeah and well and that just tells me that unlv should be battle tested regardless i mean yep you know the, through the michigan through the wichita state they've now got some chemistry built kevin Kruger knows what he has he knows the adjustments he needs to make and if he's got good game film from just this week with ucla he should be able to put a viable product onto the court saturday at home right and i don't put it past. I, I think this might be the bigger, cra- the biggest crowd that UNLV's had this season for UCLA.
2: You would hope. You would hope. We're going to get into uh, Freddie Banks Day. Freddie that's, Banks. That's also going on. We'll get into that with Ray Brewer. All right. Uh, Thanksgiving. We're back to a more normal Thanksgiving than we had last year. Last year was a disaster with COVID. Are there rules for the Thanksgiving buffet line?
1: Yes. You Steven, come up with this on your own, or is this a Okay, what are they? Well, so if you don't have somebody that's making your plate and you're sitting down, most most families, I would think, right? You got the, it's like, okay, everybody come and get it. And then you line up and you're going through the, here are the, here's how it should be done. Okay. You got your normal dishes, right? You got mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. You got sweet potatoes. You got vegetables. Some people put salad. Some put steamed veggies, whatever. All right. The key is to not load up on the potatoes and the carbs the first time through. It's hard. It's not hard. No, it is. Because, okay, it's not hard when you know you're going to go. Because everybody goes back through for seconds. Don't load up. If you're going to get, if there's mashed potatoes, which there should be with gravy, and there's sweet potatoes, get a little bit of one of the other. Get your veggies out of the way. With the turkey and maybe one roll. So the next time you come through, yeah. you can load up on the carbs. If you sit there and load up and you have a pile of food on your plate for the first time, it's tough to get through the By second. By the way, are you a are you a pile of food guy? No, I am not at no, all. No, because it's where's it going? Where's the food going? I don't. I Everybody rushes. I want hot food. I
2: don't need a mountain of food on my plate. I go. I'll go up five times. Just my my plate generally is no more than three quarter full, and there's no layers. Well, I don't I, layer stuff. There's and I'm not like, I'm not one of these whack jobs who's like, oh, I can't have the food touching, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't care about that. But it's like they're not gonna run out of food. Now now there is it, now there is a different case. You you can also, you can case, I'll use that word again. You can case the buffet line and also see like there ain't enough of that. I'm grabbing it now. Okay. You have to be careful of that. Some some people don't manage the food allotment correctly. But yeah, I've never gotten the the giant plate is just absurd. because uh, I'm I am a lunatic about hot food.
1: Yeah no, my food's. I am. Be it, it better be really hot. Right, and again, if you're going to a place that's saying okay, food's ready to make your run through, the more people that are there, the more the host is usually overcooking anyway. They they're planning oh, yeah, ahead. Yeah. They're not gonna run out. They're they're not cooking to just fit. The, oh, there's twelve people, so I gotta. But they're not gonna be precise. They're gonna overcook because. How many times I've been, have you been? But
2: I, I have been I have been to places, you know, we gotta well let's pay some bills here. I've been to places where I could see early on they weren't gonna have enough food. And at that point I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to go get a second meal after this. This is a total disaster.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. It's Cofield & Company's eye on sports gambling.
2: I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners! 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 Free! 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 You know, it's interesting. We were just talking about uh, some jabroni that we uh, met last night who started dropping, like, uh, a bunch of, like, 1974 insensitive... uh, Racial, his comedy routine, yeah. and uh, I wonder if Stu's like that. Couldn't you see Stu, legendary handicapper Stu, bringing out that Stu. material? I, I haven't is talked he to cool? Stu. In,
1: I haven't talked to Stu in years. He, I Stu, see him, I see Stu him is not Stu is an old school guy who dropped. But if anything, if anything's going to come out of Stu's mouth, yeah. more more than likely, there, it's going to be misogynistic yeah he's just gonna be but racial type stuff no Stu's Stu is a is just a, and I wasn't well, I wasn't suggest anything it was just we were just talking about some guy who comes right, up and right. like people don't know who
2: anyone is and you right. like you're like what are you what
1: are you doing Stu's a big cartoon character I I, right. I I I met Stu finally in person a couple times but one time the the greatest and I won't even get into it but it was at a crap stable at the bellagio and it was it was by the by 45 minutes of me showing up and a couple of other people and we were there to meet Stu the ring around the craps table yeah. had grown to three deep. There were yeah, he's, three, he's three levels of people he's all crazy. to watch him. Yeah, crazy. He it was insane. And by the end of it, he had already signed off on three markers. What Stu is, is a degenerate gambler. <laughs> and this is a true story. I believe you. Uh, I took the
2: Raiders plus eight against the Cowboys. It's now seven and a half. Am I crazy?
1: Well, they moved it because of you. You're a sharp.
2: Well, obviously, but answer my question.
1: Uh, by the way,
2: they didn't move it because of me. William Hill gets my bets and they're like, huh, okay, again, huh? All
1: right, we'll take it.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Bet more. Come on. I personally, I like the Cowboys, um, and this is one of those times I do everything I can to avoid games involving Dallas because I'm a Dallas Cowboy, Cowboy fan since 76, 77. But I just, uh, I have to avoid those situations because I cover the Raiders. Um, but and, and, Oh, that's and, a good point. There's a situation a where I cover the Raiders, and my favorite team is the Cowboys, but – if I were going to make a play, it would have to be on Dallas, just because I'm just—I've watched, I've been in person to see the atrocity that's taking place with this team, and I just have lost faith in the team I had making the third, uh, snagging the third wild card.
2: I'll give you a couple of home dogs okay. that I'm looking at. Let's go, Broncos plus two and a half against the Chargers.
1: I, I don't I, trust the Chargers right now. I, I can see that. Okay. I can see that with Broncos defense. It's, it's a divisional opponent. You never know what you're going to get with the Broncos, but when it's a divisional opponent, you can somewhat count on them maybe getting Is there
2: on. any way the public doesn't go freaking crazy on Sunday for Bucks minus three? It's that road name team, three-point spread at the Colts. Do you think the public's going to line up to freaking fire on the Colts? I think the Sharps will.
1: I think the Sharps will line up for the Colts. This is, the Colts are one of those teams – we, I think we talked about this. I don't remember when, but there's teams where we don't know we, you don't have a good feel for, them, so you just stay away from them altogether. By midseason, you're like screw it, I'm not messing with any more games involving. Colts are kind of one of those teams I haven't figured out. Um, I, so I don't I don't know what to make. I mean, the Buccaneers, what did they do? They just beat what the Giants. So they're coming off a short week, but they didn't have to do much work. They were at home. They did what they were supposed to do. Could they have won bigger? Do the Colts get up for this one? It's that's a and I always say this. You you've heard me say this multiple times. The line is an indicator. Should the Buccaneers, in your mind, be laying more? Right. So you just said, will, will the public? I, come I honestly,
2: to- I don't have a good feel for the Buccaneers, and I'll go give you the other team. I don't have a good feel for. So of course, I'm going to bet against them right now. There it is, place bet. Um, the Patriots. I keep in my head. I keep thinking Mac Jones ain't that good. Patriots are kind of average. Yeah, their defense is good. Titans plus seven looks that to me. That's going to be a public dog play. So I'm a sucker. I'll play it.
1: You played the Patriots.
2: No, I played the Titans. I'm an idiot. I give myself the logic like it's going to be a public dog. The Titans don't play it, and, and
1: then, then as play. soon as
2: I can, I'm like place bet.
1: Yeah, that's that's right. I'm also.
2: I will admit, I'm a. I'm kind of a. I'm a Titans hoe. I I'm all over the Titans. Almost every week, I, I know Derrick Henry's not there. I like Vrabel. I know they have no receivers. I know they're beat up. I'm a glutton for punishment.
1: Um, if there were ever a time to play possibly a two team teaser,
2: here we go. For- here we go. You know what? Again, we gotta take a break. We gotta settle in here. Here's a tease. I, I want I want the two team teaser on the other side. I love You're gonna get me. I love I love the teasers.